Welcome back to Quiero, a show about Latinx who want it all. I am your host, Priscilla garcia Jacquet, and this is the podcast version of our web series. For the full experience of Quiero, please head on over to youtube.com slash Quiero the show. Thank you so much for stopping by. Your support means everything to us. So before we go on, make sure that you rate us on iTunes and leave a comment. All right, let's get into this week's episode. For me, the reason why I write is to show other people that they're not alone. So if I can be transparent about my reality and about my struggles, hopefully some little girl that went through what I went through knows that she's not the only one, that she's not alone. Welcome to Quiero, a show about Latinx who want it all. I'm your host, Priscilla garcia Jacquet. Our guest today is Paola Lazaro. She was a Tao playwright in residence at the Atlantic Theatre Company. In 2015, she was nominated for a Drama Desk Award for her role in To the Bone. Her plays include There's Always a Hudson and Tell Hector I Miss Him. I remember when I was 11 years old, like I had this drama teacher, this is back in Puerto Rico, and, and she knew that I wanted to be an actor, and she said to me, <clears throat> That I, I said to her, I want to be an actor. And she said, you'll never be an actor. You'll never be much of anything because you don't have any discipline. And I was 11 years old. Um, and it broke my heart. It broke my heart completely. But um, I have examples of, of people who have moved forward after people have put them down in my family. Like my mother, when she was in high school, she wanted to go and study architecture. But a teacher, we went to the same high school. Amazing. You know, Hispanics, um, <laughs> Hispanic people, and whatever. Like so, legacy continuation, yeah, yeah, yeah. like whatever. Eh. <laughs> so over it. My kids are not going there. I'm just saying, um, if I ever have them. But uh, so my mother was in high school, and this a guidance counselor told her like, you shouldn't study architecture because you're not good at math. So she let that get to her, and so she decided to study interior design. And then one day when she was like, I think forty something. We were having dinner at home. Uh, I have two brothers, they're twins, and they're older than me. So we're all having dinner at home, you know, the tension of the household and like, you know, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> Perhaps later. Um, oh, I'll bring it back. But uh, yeah, I'll bring it back to that. <laughs> but you know, like the anger, like teenage boys, all this shit and whatever. And, uh, and my mom goes like, um, oh, find out who's taking you to school tomorrow. And then, Who's, and Paola, who's picking you up at soccer practice. And Gabi, who's picking you up uh, after your meeting, que se yo. And, and we're like, what? You are. Mm. And she's like, no, I'm starting architecture school tomorrow. So from now on, you guys figure out, for the next four years, you guys figure out who's going to take you places. We're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. She was like, yep. She just kept eating. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. She's gonna throw this and so she fucking did. That's and she got dream. her degree in architecture, and she, we barely saw her for like those four years because she would stay in school till like six in the morning. Yeah. Like, cause architecture school is hardcore. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know any, have any friends that have been in architecture school, but like, um, but it's hardcore. And did you know that she had it in her? I, I knew she. Yeah, I knew she had it in her, and you know she had lost a bunch of weight, so was able to like. Um, cause she was big and back in the day, and then she did that to be able to have the stamina to like achieve her dream. And so similarly, my father, <clears throat> um, a couple years later, said like, "Oh, I'm starting law school." <laughs> We're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Because he always wanted, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he always wanted to study law. Um, so I have that example of people who have pushed beyond what what other people have said they can do. Um, and I'm forever thankful for that. And I want to encourage everybody to push beyond what has been said for us. Well, does Sex, that have you know? a big part? Like, what happened in Puerto Rico that, whew, I'm going to go to New York. I wanted to write, and I wanted to act, and I wanted to... This was forever? Like, you, like... When what? I was a kid, yeah, it all started... Uh, I used to write poetry when I was a kid. Okay. And then my mother, when we had, like, family dinners, and we would invite my grandma and whatever, she would make me read the poetry in front of her. The family. So Hispanic. I mean, just like the most. Like, <laughs> it's like, show them what you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at my child. Um, so she would make me read this. And but I distinctly remember um, the moment I realized what a, what story was. And like, not that I know. Whatever. Stories change and whatever. Fucking structure. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I think we've gotten too intellectual about all this shit. Whatever. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> but there was this song that my dad used to play all the time for me, and it was like the salsa song, um, but it was based on this like Sp Spanish song, and it was about this bullfighter. I remember like that song was like when I realized, oh, you can tell a story in like a certain frame, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and I knew that, you know, I have ADHD or whatever the fuck that means. I um, once had a therapist, I had a therapist in fucking high school, because I had to, it was per contract. Um, very sane person. No, yeah, and she, she was like, I think you have, um, I'd like to call it very intellectual ADHD. And I was like, what does that mean, bitch? Like, that just means I, I like, think a lot and, like, fast? Like, what are you talking about? Did they give you pills? If I she really wanted to. I, like, I, I really, I didn't take her up on it. I'm, I'm a farmer kid. Parents. I'm a farmer kid. You're a farmer yeah, kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, you my know, parents are both doctors, and I, it just, they went the opposite kid. way. To still take medicine, yeah. like, medication. I recently, like, the last year, stopped taking, like, methylphenidate, which is for, like, ADHD and all that shit. How do you feel? Um, I feel great. Um, it's hard as fuck for me to concentrate. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, whatever. I, I get what I yeah. need to get done. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about... Wait, what were we talking about? What brought you to New York? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then I was like, oh, exactly. So <laughs> I, I want to do something. I, I used to uh, perform this, like, 10-minute monologue, whatever. Um, do you know what Forensics League is? No. Um, basically, it's like a speech league. Um, and I was Incredible. I was like the, the president for like a year in my high school. And basically, you either like chose original comedy or drama or like speeches and whatever. So I chose original comedy and I just wrote this piece and I would perform it and whatever. And that's when I was like, oh, you know, I'm into this. And I was like, I want to study something that has to do with this. And I wanted to go to Mexico because I was at a point in my life where I was like anti-United States. Hmm. Why? Um, because I... PR is complicated. Yeah, because yeah. Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. And so I went through a phase of like, you know, we have been colonized for too long. I want to be with Hispanic people. I want to be, I want to study, I wanted to study film in Mexico. And my mother was like, we don't know anybody over there. And I was like... So she was like, no, we don't. And I was 17, you know? I was like, okay, New York it is. Fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's why I came here and I applied to schools and I went to SUNY Purchase. For, as for your bachelor's? Yeah, in yeah. dramatic writing. And that was crazy. Why didn't you go to school for writing and not acting? 
if that was kind of also in your system? I don't know. Mm. But I loved writing. Yeah. I loved writing. I was like, I used to sit around writing poetry all the time in a fucking corner, whatever. <laughs> it was a school. Like. <laughs> and you know what it is? I think I had auditioned for <laughs> <laughs> that drama teacher that said that thing to me. I was like, uh, peace. Um, but I they did a, a production of West Side Story. In Puerto Rico. Yeah, in my all-girls school. Catholic school. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so she was casting it, of course, of that course. teacher. Um, I send you the best. Um, and uh, I said the bar low. I was like, you know, there's mad, like, Hispanic girls, 575 of them, Puerto Rican shit. women in the school. Shit. So I was like, let me... Let me just try out for this one character that has like two lines in the whole West Side Story, the whole story of it. <laughs> this character has two lines. I was like, let me just just do that. Character's named anybody. Mm. Literally. Mm. I'm not playing games. Mm -hmm. Two lines, one of them being like, wait up, boys! Because <laughs> um, she's the only girl in the Jets. So I was like... I can do this. I was like, you know... I'm kind of a tomboy. I had short hair back then. I was like, she knows I want to be an actor. Can I just be anybody? <laughs> so I came in full force. Wait up, boys! And I didn't get it. And she knew that I was one of the five, seven, 575 women, the only one that wanted to be an actor. And she said no. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, wow. All I had to, you just had to have me in the corner and just say, wait up, boys. Fuck. And just say, G Officer Krupke. That's it. And I didn't get it. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, whatever. Someday I'll do it, man. The older you get and the more shit you start doing, the more naysayers you get. I went to school for directing, but we had to take acting class. And I had an acting teacher there. And at the end of the semester, you know, you have to have like a conference. And she brought me into her office and she was like, you know, I just don't, and again, like, I don't want to be a fucking actor. I've never said I wanted to be an actor. And she looks at me Paola, and she's like, I just don't think you have um, the drive to be in this industry. And why, I- you know, Why do people have to, why do people have to say that? If my drive is the thing that ever gets questioned, I'm like, some, yo, like, <laughs> yo, like, not. you're not seeing me. Like, you, you know, I, and I, I remember I, that really fucking taught me something about like, if I, before I make huge claims like that about someone's, per, like, a, like, humanity, you know, I, I need to check myself. When I got that told that I was going to be, be anybody, be anybody. I was 11 years old. I was like, okay, 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 whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so you get, and then you apply to Columbia. Yeah, I was really depressed. Um, I tend to get depressed sometimes. I've gotten a lot better at managing it in the past. Is that something that you, um, was that okay when you were growing up? Did you talk to your parents about it? Did yeah. you have a dialogue? Like, yeah, did you feel shame for, for No, 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 we talked it? about it. You know, I, I come from a long line of uh, <laughs> mentally ill people. I do too. I like, really, you know, like, I'm like, very familiar with it. I come from a long line of, like, you know, people with schizophrenia and, like, um, bipolar disorder, depression, you know, alcoholics, and, you know, all who of these people have been lovely people, mm -hmm. but deeply, you know, flawed and, and hurt and, you know, with a lot of pain. My brother's a newer scientist, so he, and lawyer, 
and he's brilliant. He just broke, you know, for many years he was asked, like, he's 35. They're 35, my brothers. And for many years he was asked, why did you get into uh, neuroscience? And, da, 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 da. and he would always, like, to quote him, he would always say some bullshit reason. And then finally, the other day, he just wrote this paper. And, you know, he gets published in, like, National Institute of Mental, whatever the fuck, and all these things, right? And finally he said, like, I'm going to come out and say that the reason why I do this is because my family is because of me. And I want to show the world that people with mental disorder can be can succeed, yeah. you know, and that the stigma needs to stop and that people need to get help. I, I also come from a long line of, um, of mental illness. And I it's amazing because my father, my father's a neurosurgeon. My mom's a neurologist. And is that how they met? That's how they met. Yeah, they met in France and, and med school. And I, you know, the macho stereotype beca exists because my father exists. You know what I mean? Like that's how strongly I you feel about that with him. But, like but it's amazing the tools that his own science and his own training has been able to give him to Correct. soften, to soften his experience. You know, he all most of all his children. I mean, I don't want to. We've all had to deal with that in one way or another, and it's been amazing to me that like he personally can't necessarily get there, but yeah. his science can get him there. Yeah. You know, like he can understand me because because of it because of his training, training and then he can understand the rest of our family because of his training. But it's hard. It, it it just doesn't. I'm really happy to hear that. It's just it's been tough in the community. Absolutely, and yeah. and I think as Latinos and as uh, not just Latinos but many communities have trouble really like talking about this this type of um because we don't want to believe that it's real you know and we don't want yeah. and also like the you know i i was i was in rehab for eating disorders and i and it's something that i've like been struggling with for like the last 15 years of my life right most yeah. most of my life has involved them rather than not yeah and you know, the aspect is like that's a white girl's disease or like that happens to only the privileged or whatever or like, to only women or to and only women it actually that, happens to men and yeah so of all races and i i'm happy to hear that he's he's a part of that yeah no he really is pushing that so you're in a dark place and you apply to columbia i'm in a deep dark place i'm like God, i want to fucking die i'm like I'm like, either I'm going to cooking school. I love cooking. I Amazing. was like, either I'm going to cooking school, I'm going to continue with this bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a community. I didn't have a, a family. You went through your bachelor's? No. There wasn't, yeah. I mean, I had some friends. I had really good friends, you know, like that I'm still friends with. But, like, a community for my work? Mm -hmm. And then I didn't apply to cooking school, and I just applied to, like, a bunch of grad schools for writing. And then I got into some of them and, you know, I went around and I was like, where do I want to go? And I was like, Chuck Me, uh, who, run, who ran the program at Columbia, I had seen a play of his called Defigenia 2.0 mm -hmm. years ago. And Chuck Me is super political. Um, and I, at the time, was writing a lot about colonialism and how that affects interpersonal relationships. And so I interviewed with him and I was like, that's my man right there. Yeah. And then Gurgis came into your life. Yeah, Stephen, Stephen Ellie Gurgis. Um, he, uh, yeah, at the last year of Columbia, I had to pick a mentor. I was depressed again. <laughs> Whatever. 
No, but like, what do you, what does that mean? Like, what, what does it mean? mean? Do you do you know yourself in that in that space? Oh, my know, yeah. Here. I felt it the other day. Like, I felt yeah. it the other day, yeah. and but now I have tools. Like, mm. for example, I hang out with a lot of people who are in AA. I'm not. I'm in AA. You're in AA. Yeah. Perfect. Congrats. <laughs> and I and I love my my AA crew. Um, and. Uh, and someday I probably join. <laughs> that day is not today. <laughs> that day not today, but uh, soon. Um, but I've gotten tools from people. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't know what, what AA was, yeah. and I didn't have a concept of like yeah. all these groups. I have tools now. For example, when I'm starting to go to that dark place, like I do this thing called halt. Mm -hmm. You know, which is my my friend Frank taught me. Um, so much for anonymous, right? <laughs> Hey, Frank, what's up? He tells everybody, whatever. Um, but, you know, so I go through those those letters, so it's like, never get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So the other day, after my reading, I was just like, the next day, and I had this big audition and all this stuff, and, and my parents were in, in the living room in my house, and, and I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, why do I feel like crying? Yeah. And they were like, because you're tired. And I was like, y'all are so right. But I was going there inside, and I hate that place. Ah, oh, no, knock on wood. Where's the wood? Yeah. Coño. Yeah. Por favor, please. I hate that place. I hate that place. I hate who I become. I hate, I'm, it's there, and I use it for my work when I have to go there. But, like, please don't make me live there any longer, you yeah. know? Um, so now I have tools where I'm like, you know, I used to be very, um, express my anger very, like, uh, mano violently, not towards another person, but towards myself. Yes. And, um, and towards what, what was around me. Mm. Never to anybody else. I, I, it's just not in me. Mm -hmm. But, um. And that feeling is fucking scary. Like, it's terrible. Only, it's terrible. Like, I've only felt that towards another person very few times in my life. But, like, that that thing that arises when you're like, I'm about to push you down the motherfucking stairs and not care for a second, that terrifies me. I don't know what to do yeah. with it. Because it's like blind. It's yeah. like you don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. but the same thing that that feeling I do with myself, you know, mm -hmm. or I did with myself. Um, but I have gained control of those impulses and and know that, you know, for example, in like relationships that I can't, go there like I can't express my anger like that and I can't talk to somebody in a certain way and I grew up with that I grew up with like anger and, and punching walls and well expressing without necessarily understanding right like that that was a big thing in my house it was like you yeah, can nobody express talked about it. yeah but we, we don't talk about it right I'm it was talking like, about it because oh, very American sorry pops and, and my brother <laughs> but oh Dad and, and my brother beat the shit out of each other last night, and we all had to fucking run to the fucking backyard because they were beating each other up like they were strangers. And, like, the next day, we all have to go to school, and nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. Then then that's what I, the tension I was talking about mm -hmm. at dinner. Like, mm -hmm. you know, two people who, who hate each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this not hate each other, love each other. Yeah. They're exactly the same person. Yeah. But, like, this anger and, like, you know, and I had anger, too, and everybody was depressed, and... You know, this one wasn't showering, and that one, like, refused to do this, and, like... Yeah, and it was, like, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah. And, like, you know, now I see my brothers raising their children and, and not hitting them. And I'm, like, wow. Yeah. You know, like, my brother doesn't hit my nephew Diego, you know? Right. 
who's crazy. Right. He's just like us. You know? right. He's just like his father. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. Diego's amazing. I'm going to see him today. I'm very excited about that. But he's like, <laughs> you know, and uh, but they he, they don't hit him. Right. They don't hit him. And I'm just like always like, wow, this is, I grew up with that. Right. And, uh, and I don't think it's just in Hispanic communities, you know. No. But that's the experience that I have, you know. I'll, I'll go back to Puerto Rico and I'll see, like, parents hitting their kids in the mall, you know. Yep. And, like, hitting them pretty, yep. pretty hard. Yep. Some other parents don't, like, but, like, older generations, like. Yep. Absolutely. It yeah. seemed like some kids get smacked like boogie thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. So you choose Gorgeous as your mentor. He comes yes. into your life. You guys get very close very quickly. Yeah, he he really saved my life, you know? I was in a really dark place, and I remember uh, I didn't have Facebook at the time. You know you're you're in a dark place where you're like, <laughs> when, when you're like, go back in and then go back out, and you go back in and go back out, like, you know, like, whatever. It's fine. Um, so I didn't have it. And uh, I had met him and I had asked him, I was like, you know, a year from now I'm going to need a mentor. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave me, like, his email and I never emailed him. So, <clears throat> well, that was earlier. Anyway, that was later on. But uh, so then I'm crying in the stinky cheese section of the grocery store. I cry in front of everyone. I feel like... Depressed as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> At least I was next to the good cheese, yeah, yeah. you know. And I'm crying. I get this text message, and the deadline for choosing a mentor had passed, and like I didn't have one. And I was like, "Fuck y'all! I don't give a fuck." I, whatever. And uh, so then I get this text, and Tiffany Vega, she goes, "Did you meet Gurgis outside the 92Y?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? She's like, he's looking for you on Facebook. Mm. He has an opportunity for you. And I was like, nah, he's confused. Like, he doesn't even fucking know me. What the fuck is she talking about? And so I go home and and she's like, contact him. And I'm like, oh God. So I go like, I email him. And I'm like, hey. hey. I heard that maybe you <laughs> might be looking for me. I don't have Facebook. I don't know. Maybe you have, maybe I'm the wrong person, whatever. And he's like, no, hey, what's up? Um, I have an opportunity for you. Like at Labyrinth, we do this summer intensive and like, I want you to be one of the students and like, it's a, it's a week, um, in Connecticut. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, cool. And then, um, from going th at that point, my depression, uh, um, showed itself by me sleeping like uh, probably like 20 hours a day because yeah. I didn't want to live. <laughs> yeah. So my way to avoid living. And I literally was figuring out how to kill myself without, like I was going to say without hurting my family, but it was going to hurt my family anyway. But I was trying to figure out the ways that I could off myself from the world that would hurt the, le the least to my family. I was like, I'm not going to shoot myself in the head. Like that's OD, like that's too much because then the mess and all these things. And I was like, maybe I can take some, I was literally figuring out the ways that I could like say goodbye. Um, and then this, this man gives me this opportunity and from going from sleeping 20 hours a day and living four, um, I went that week. I remember I was so nervous that I was just getting high in the bathroom. Like, mm -hmm. you know, always, always getting stone, stone, stone quiet. Like I used to walk like this, like whatever, like, 
depressed and whatever, feeling ugly and all this shit and terrible. And from sleeping 20 hours a day that week, I, in total, I think I slept like five hours. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what? That's a miracle, right? I just, it's, I try, um, I get in that place a lot too. And it's like, it's, it's hard to communicate when you're like, it's not necessarily that I also want to kill myself right now. I just don't want to be alive. Like, how do I explain that feeling? Yeah. Like, Eric, my boyfriend, has never... It's just not something that he's ever encountered, like, in mm -hmm. himself and his family. And Bless him. Bless him, right? But now it's like... It also changes. It, it has the ability to turn around. And not, like, that you're cured. It's just that, like, all of a sudden you're not in it anymore. Yeah. And that's a fucking miracle. You or, know? or like, to, like literally, like I feel bad. Go to the gym. Yeah. Go to the gym. Just go yeah. to the gym. It's not about like bikini body bullshit. All this fucking shit. Just it's like, it just, just go. Yeah. Just go. Just go. Talk to somebody. I have a I have a close family member at the moment who's kind of going through it, um, and we're trying to figure out whether or not they're gonna be put back in a a place like a yeah, like yeah. a joint, and. I was telling Eric about it, and Eric was like, well, maybe this just, like, maybe this will pass, you know, whatever. And I was yeah. like, it doesn't work that way, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not, I mean, it just, you just have to start a dialogue. Like, that's the other thing that AA has taught me, is, like, you start a dialogue with yeah. it. You say, I know this is a part of me, not saying this isn't a part of me, right? Or, like, I'm going to conquer this. It's just, like, this isn't, we're in dialogue here. And sometimes yeah. it comes and visits, and sometimes it goes, and sometimes longer. Why did you decide, if I may ask, decide to, to join AA? Because I, you know, I had acknowledged, I was bulimic for 10 years, and I had acknowledged my bulimia as um, not only a mental health disorder, but also an addiction. Like, I had Absolutely. become addicted to Absolutely. it, and, and I had, like, kind of, yeah, Absolutely. and I had retrained my brain to do that, and I knew, like, you know, my gut is strong, and I, and I knew, I always knew the moment that alcohol came into play, into my life, like... I knew I could hear it every time I drank a glass, two glasses, period. Like, even if it was just like half a glass, I could hear it. I could, I, I knew that it would get there and that I didn't want to take another 10 years to figure that out. You know, so for me, it's not that I go back and look at like where I was. I was in a dark place, like emotionally, mentally, like I was fucking everything up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whether people around me, and, and it doesn't take, there's a false image that you have to lose your job, your house, your marriage. Like, it wasn't that, everything was perfectly intact, but I was losing it. Like I knew I was losing it and I knew that like, if this keeps going, I won't be able to like hold everything. I just won't. We I'm... have examples of people who had everything yeah. that have yeah. died yeah. <laughs> in these circumstances yeah. and they had everything. And for me, it was more like thinking 10 years ahead and knowing that at 35, I wouldn't be where, where I wanted to be if I kept going, which would then lead me to Probably suicide. Yeah, door? Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm at 35 and I didn't do what I wanted to do, as that that being the pillar, what the one of the biggest pillars of who I am as a person, I just knew. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just and I tried many times, and this is like I'm I'm like six months at the moment, gotcha. um, and it's been my longest stint this far. Gotcha. And how do you feel? I feel like everything is possible. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Good I feel ish. I'm no longer overwhelmed by. Like, shit still happens, depression still visits me, no, I still want to no. die. Um, but it doesn't stay as long. Like, I'm, I, I can acknowledge that emotions can come in, and I don't, like, sit in them as long. And the, the comeback is faster. Gotcha. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. The tools, man. The yeah. tools. Feelings um, are not facts. <laughs> I, I just get all these like tools from, from yeah. all my friends. I'm and like, no, it's it's an amazing it's it's an amazing thing. And I've been you know, again I didn't know about OA and all this stuff and and I've through these friendships that I've learned about these things and like I've exhorted my family. I mean, I need to show them more what, you know, OA and all that stuff. And like, I was like, what? You can go and talk about this with people? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? And sexual abuse, like, you know, survivors and all. I was, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. It yeah. saves. It saves lives. It, it really, it really saves lives. So you go to Labyrinth, these people save your life, they come into your life like angels. Absolutely. I would not be where I am, and I would not have this smile on my face. I would not be talking to you. I would not be this joyful, um, you know, I had, like, you know, opaque mi luz, like, I had just, like, hidden my light, you know? From there, you know, people pushed me to continue because I found a community. I, f- I read some of my work, because I remember when in grad school, I read one of my plays, and this kid comes up, fuck academia. First of all, fuck academia. <laughs> fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had to do it because I had to do it, whatever. Fuck that shit, though. You mean go to school, you had to do it? I had to do it, it yeah. because cause I knew that if I didn't, I would just be in Puerto Rico, um, working at an advertising agency, selling Clorox and products that people don't need with little fucking lines, like witty lines. Not that there's anything wrong with being a copywriter, but I knew that if I had, I had, I had, I didn't go to school that I would do that and that I would get married immediately and then get divorced the next year and then find out after I signed the divorce papers that I'm fucking pregnant with the <laughs> with the guy's baby, you know? So I already had that, I was like, oh, that's that's how it's gonna go. So I had to, mm-hmm. I had to do it. Yeah, so I read, I remember I read my, part of my thesis at Columbia and this kid raises his hand, send you the best bro, um, raises his hand and goes, uh, after we read it, he's like, you know, uh, I don't think this is a play. I think this is a cry out for help. You should get some help. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. Cool. Because it was a play about rape and all the shit and like going back to life after uh, rape and all this stuff. And how do you get back into reality and like society after something like that happens? Um, and uh, he was like, you should get some help. And I was like, word. And I remember it really. (laughs) (laughs) Word, dude. I already got help. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, I remember that affecting me. And then thinking, like, whether or not this is right, I was like, a place should be a cry for help. Mm. It should be. For me, the reason why I write is to show other people that they're not alone. So if I can be transparent about my reality, and about my struggles, hopefully some little girl that went through what I went through knows that she's not the only one, that she's not alone. And perhaps she can pick up that play and like read it and, and you know, have a catharsis or some, some sort of, I'm not a fucking savior, I'm not saying that. But my, my whole point for creating is to show other people that they're not alone. Which is what's beautiful about you, which is what you're doing too being transparent and showing other people that it's okay to talk about these things. <clears throat> How I survive, right? 
Like that's just become that's just become the thing. If I can't be honest with you, I'm never gonna be honest with myself. No, and then I'm not gonna heal, and then nobody else is gonna heal because yeah. we're gonna keep doing that thing of like, oh, you know, y'all beat the sh the shit out of each other last night, but let's go to school at six in the morning and let's I like, think, you know, the most interesting word when people talk about the show or the shit I write or the shit that I'm willing to share, it's always like that's so brave, and I'm always like, it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like I have yeah, to do yeah. it. Like I have to. I remember. Yeah, I, 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 my first play was something like horrible that happened to me, and I, and, and I, did, I had a conversation with an older gentleman, um, who was like, "You can't, don't have that be your coming out play. Don't, that can't be your first go." And I was like, "Dude, <laughs> if that's not it, then what the fuck am I doing?" And then you see, you sometimes go to the theater and you see these plays that, that don't have an inch of of truth, yeah, because. You know, and I'm not hating on anybody at all. Like, I support everybody's work. Um, but like, people are bullshitting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you and know. We, and it's tricky because they get away with it, right? Like sometimes there's a way. There's a way to talk about the thing without feeling the thing. But and that, that, of no, course. Was that that you know writing is horrible for me because you're terrible. Have, you writing have to, like, is disgusting. Go there and you have to, like, writing is disgusting. It's Let it be known. Awful. Disclaimer. Um, Disclaimer, everybody fucking, yeah, I hate of course. Writing. So, okay, and then I, I, what is the transition from being at Labyrinth and then tell actor I miss him and, and like your world opened up between that space, right? Absolutely. I just, you know, Steven pushed me and like, you know, Steven deals with his own demons and like. And he could recognize them in you. Exactly. And yeah. I remember for yeah. the Emerging Writers Group, at the public, yeah. I was like, the deadline was like at 12 a.m. that day. And at that point I was living at Steven's house because I, I didn't have a place to live for a month. And he was like, you can definitely stay there. Um, and I stayed there for a month. And uh, I remember being like, that day being like, bro, um, buddy, like the deadline for this thing is tonight. I'm just gonna say fuck it. And he was like, <laughs> the fuck did you say to me? And I was like, I was like, nah, just fuck it. He's like, get in that fucking room right now, and I want to see your fucking face until you finish that fucking application. I was like, oh, I can't. Get He's like, hold up, I don't give a fuck if you like, just get into the fucking room. And I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, wrote this as whatever the fuck they asked for, and I sent it, and I got in, and I was like the fuck? At last fucking minute, I was like, what the fuck? That's like, God. That's what and I know. And I was like, fuck, let's do this <laughs> shit. <laughs> now I better work. Um, and that's when I started developing Tell Hector I Miss Him over the two-year program at The Public, which was fantastic. Um, and then, then we did it at, we did a production at The Atlantic, and that was really fun and, and really cool. And it was like, you know, 11 Hispanic people on stage which was exciting for me. And I had a Hispanic director, David Mendizabal, who I love very much. Um, and uh, and we were two young cats, you know, mm -hmm. trying to tackle a 12-character play mm -hmm. about a whole community. What's the next step for you? What's the next step for me? Um, I'm trying to get this play produced. I'm not trying. I'm getting this play produced. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's you what know, I'm talking about. And if so, <laughs> that's, like, that's the thing I'm talking about. It's I, so fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm getting this play produced, and uh, I'm gonna do a movie of it. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I don't know where we're doing it, but it's happening anyway. Um, and what else? I'm writing a one-woman show okay. for, which is probably two characters, so it doesn't make any sense that I just said that. I have a commission with Audible.com. Oh, fuck um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're commissioning playwrights now, and I'm writing about... Oh, God, am I going to say this? It's so personal. Uh, the fact that I have trouble having orgasms with other people, and I can basically only have it by myself, and where that comes from in my ancestry. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going back in time and figuring out what, what happened. And I'm yeah. talking to neuroscientists about what happens in the brain with an orgasm and what does it mean. I'm talking to sex therapists. So it's a whole, it's a whole conversation and that's gonna be exciting and hopefully it'll lead to a healthier conversation about sexuality and and also maybe and, a healthier conversation with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, ho I sure as hope so. hope so. So basically that's what's next. And um, I'm going to be acting in a play soon. I don't even know if I can say what it is yet, but I'm excited about that. Good. Um, and what else? What else? Um, I have a, a, a residency at the public for two years, um, a playwriting residency now. It's just started in January. And I'm writing a piece with Sangu Jakam. Do mm -hmm. you know Sangu? Mm -hmm. so I don't know, like know, but so we're yeah. working on something together. And I'm writing a musical, and with this band, Hooray for the Riff Raff. Do you feel, um, to me, you've become a part of like the the fabric of New York playwrights? Like I see, you. you know what I mean? It's like, do you feel like that? Um, I remember. The moment I felt like I was, I cried a lot after my play was done, after To Hydra and Miss Him. I was exhausted and I was just depressed and, you know, thankful, obviously. But I remember Neil Pepe, who's the artistic director of Atlantic, um, had lunch with me and and I was just crying and crying and crying. And, and, um, and he had just directed something and he's like, and the reviews had come out the day before, the night before. And he's like, listen, I just directed something and I got slammed by everybody. And I'm here eating. And you know what I'm saying? What's next? What's next? And he's like, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, welcome to the boxing ring. And I was like, he was like, you were on the side of the boxing ring. Now you're in the boxing ring. You were training for the boxing ring. Take the punches. Who are you gonna listen to? The people who support you or the people who don't? He's like, welcome to the boxing ring. That was this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate, and leave us a comment. Again, for the full experience of Kyoto, make sure you head on over to youtube.com slash Kyoto the show. Subscribe to our channel. We thank you so much for your support and see you next week.